live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. How are you? Wherever you are, thanks so much for joining us in the myriad of ways in which you can. We greatly appreciate your presence here on a Thursday, December 29th, the year 2022. A great day after some great basketball with the LSU Tigers and the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get into that. We'll get some NFL picks on the second to last weekend of the regular season with some big, big matchups, none bigger than next Monday night with Buffalo at Cincinnati. Um, We'll delve into that much, much, much more today with our litany of guests, all commandeered by our producer, James Mesh, who's back in the game studio in the master control suite, which happens to be on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. Now, we are streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. So you can use that aspect to find us. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you want to put a face to the voice, We're also simulcast on your television set. We are. Um, 132.3 and uh, 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines. Well, despite shooting just 40% from the field, 24% behind the arc and making only 6 of 12 free throws, higher math tells me that's 50%. An old school, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) throwback game in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center as LSU beats ninth-ranked Arkansas 60-57. to It was a 24-19 game at the half. You never see these kind of games anymore. Neither team could could throw the ball in the ocean. If you thought LSU was bad from downtown, 4 of 17. How about Arkansas, 4 of 25 for 16%. They shot 37% from the field, and they were only 5 of 10 from the free throw line for 50%. Tigers were out-rebounded, 44 to 39 But LSU did not turn the ball over. Only 10 times did they turn it over. And that's how Arkansas feasts. What an upset win it was for LSU as they get their SEC season opener, a 60-57 win. Alabama beat Mississippi State 78-67 for the Tides opener. Um, It was Missouri with the upset of Kentucky. 89 to 75. Kentucky cannot shoot the ball from the outside. On the Plains, it was Auburn, 20th ranked Auburn, 61, Florida, 58. And at the Pavilion, 
at Oxford, seventh-ranked Tennessee goes on the road and beats Ole Miss 63-59. Much more on that uh, big, big win by LSU. What a, what, a, what a game. I took my children, my two girls, to New Orleans to see the Pelicans take on the Timberwolves. Timberwolves played great. They were terrific. Uh, I mean, to tell you, that Anthony Edwards, uh, D'Angelo Russell, those dudes can play some ball. Um, coming off the bench, former LSU Tiger Nas Reed with 13 points, six rebounds in 25 minutes. But make no mistake about this one. This was all about Zion and the starters. All five starters in double figures. Zion leading the way with a career high, 43 points on 14 of 21 from the field. He lived at the free throw line, took 19 attempts, and made 14 of them. He was feasting at the free throw line. Pels get their fourth straight win, and because of the win, they move back into first place in the Western Conference, Zion, after the game, what do people remember the most about teams? You know, I watch a lot of old school players, and I like to break, try to figure out their mindsets, and all their mindsets was the same. People remember winners. So, you know, whenever that time comes for me to be done with the game of basketball, I want, to be able, I want people to say that he was a winner. And CJ looked at me and said, you want to be great, it's, it's time to step up. And that was all the motivation I needed. 33 of his career-high 43 points came in the second half. The Pels are now 22-12, and 12, tied at the same number as the Denver Nuggets. They beat Denver earlier in the season. Thus, the Pels are in the number one seed. They are 15-4 and four now inside the Smoothie King Center. As Zion said, this is our fort. We've got to protect it. You, it's the fort. You got to protect your fort. And, you know, I talked about it over the summer. The city deserves this. Uh, you know, the city deserves to have a, a basketball team because, you know, the Saints, they've been holding it down for so many years, and you got to give them that respect. But, you know, the city deserves to have, you know, the Pelicans be great too. No question about it. Uh, the Pels trailed by six at the intermission, Zion, a very quiet 10 points at the time. So, Willie Green, you go in the locker room, what the heck did you tell Zion to make him come out with 33 in the second half? Oh, I, I didn't say anything to him. I think that that's just who he is. Um, he understands time, score, situation. He understands the moment. And uh, he made big plays after big plays. You know, he got the steal went down and finished, you know, hit the three that was big for us. Uh, it's just, you know, that's what great players do. Um, he was tremendous. I've got to tell you, for a Wednesday night, um, the arena was a playoff-like atmosphere. It was, uh, it was tremendous. And the skill set of these players is just off the proverbial charts. Zion with 43. Trey Murphy, 5 of 6 from downtown. 
with 21. C.J. McCollum, 7 of 16 from the field with 20. Jonas Valanciunas, yet another double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds. And Najee Marshall still in the starting lineup with 12 points and 7 rebounds. Pell's only got 11 points off the bench as compared to 30 from the T-Wolves, but that starting five was good. And this game was back and forth and back and forth. Pell's could never they, – they would trail by nine. They would trail by three. They would trail by seven. They could never get over the hump until the very end of the game. They outscored the T-Wolves 33-30 in the fourth and win it 119-118, to their fourth win in a row. And they, I'm telling you – that city is a buzz over this team. That joint was jumping. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So the Pels and the Nuggets tied at twenty two and twelve. Pels got the number one seed. Memphis a game and a half back. The Clippers two games back. Phoenix three. Sacramento and Dallas three and a half. Wow, thirty four games in. And when they get Brandon Ingram back, they get Herb Jones. But when they get this whole entourage back together again, look out. Look out. They are they are legit. And Zion, as Angelo Russell so adeptly put it last night, we're playing basketball. He's playing football. We can't stop him. And as long as he keeps getting to the free throw line, he even knocked down a three ball. They played off of him late in the game, a, a critical stretch, and Zion nailed a three-pointer. So a lot of fun was had by all. We said it yesterday. We'll announce it again today that um, no Kayshawn Booty for the uh, Citrus Bowl, no Kayshawn Booty for next season. I don't know what changed his mind or changed his heart, whatever it was, hey, what do you do? What do you do? Just, hey, w- wish him nothing but the best. Hope everything works out. I'm not worried about LSU and the wide receiver department at all. I can't wait to see Aaron Anderson, the the five-star who went to Alabama from Louisiana and New Orleans, and now he's back at home. So, so I'm not worried about the wide receiver position at all. What None whatsoever. Um Las Vegas Raiders are are going to be uh, starting um, a new quarterback as they have gone away from Derek Carr, and they said, "Look, Derek, look, let, let let's just let's just stay home. All right, we don't want to distract you or anything like that." Jared Stidham, the former Auburn quarterback, is going to uh, take over. He gets to start against the 49ers on Sunday. <laughs> If I'm Derek Carr, I'm going, thank you. Thank you very much. I don't want Bosa taking my head off. Um, But Carr, the team's starting quarterback since 2014, has been benched. And now the the clock is ticking. Uh, Derek Carr will be playing for someone else. you got to think about what Devontae Adams, um, who said, look, I don't think anybody was excited about the benching in here. You know him being one of my really good friends and the reason – why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't here. So I think everybody knows how I feel about him. He signed a three-year, $121 million contract extension in the spring. 
but he could be cut for a $5.65 million salary cap hit if the move is made within three days of the Super Bowl. Trust me, he gone. He's gone. Um, and if I'm Derek Carr, I want to be gone. I want to go somewhere else. New Orleans? New Orleans? If we can't get Sean Payton and um, Tom Brady? How about how about Derek Carr? Huh? How about Derek Carr? The um, Some controversy from a uh, bowl game last night as Ole Miss got pummeled by Texas Tech 42-25. to 25. Uh, Rebels coach Lane Kiffin said a Texas Tech player spit on one of his players and possibly used a racial slur in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's if that's the case, it's certainly not necessary. Shouldn't do it in the first place. But Ole Miss certainly did not stand up and deliver. How about uh, Arkansas and Kansas? Uh, not one, not two, but three overtimes. And Arkansas hangs on to beat Rock Chalk Jayhawk. So uh, good for good for the Hogs on that one. Um, as the SEC continues moving onward and upward. Okay, uh, our guest list today, coming up at around uh, 2.30-ish, we'll head to Fayetteville. Patrick Wright, the voice of the LSU women's basketball team, uh, will join us to give us a preview. Just how good is Kim Mulkey's team? They're ninth in the country. They haven't played a soul, but they're about to start. Can they have the success against the Hogs that the men did last night? Matthew Bruni will join us from Dallas with all the very latest on LSU and the Citrus Bowl. Frank Schwab will join us in the second hour as well from Yahoo Sports as we get the Schwab's picks for week 17 in the NFL. So there you go. Um, NBA fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Place an eligible bet of your choice on a New Orleans Pelicans game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your money back in a free bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in today to receive this limited time offer. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You know the drill. you got to be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Our first time out of the day when we come back, what a win for Matt McMahon. Right out the gate, ninth-ranked Arkansas, bam, taking them down. We'll recap it and hear from the head coach when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
21 minutes after the hour. Welcome back. Jordy Hilpert Show, December 29th, Thursday on your weekly calendar. And if you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, don't worry. We have the gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. I was the first one to say, look, LSU's about to figure out what they're all about. Hadn't played many teams. Now, here comes Arkansas. Always good. Always talented. Well coached by Eric Musselman. They're going to have their hands full. Well, to LSU's credit, they locked down and played some defense. And they surprised Arkansas with a 60-57 to win last night. That was uh, very impressive. Here's head coach Matt McMahon with his opening statement to the media after his biggest win as the LSU coach. Uh, A couple things stand out. Number one, just really proud of our players. I thought they played with great toughness, uh, great effort, and sustained it for 40 minutes. Uh, They deserve all the credit for just gutting out a tough, nasty, gritty win here. And then the second thing, Just walking out of the tunnel and seeing the crowd and the atmosphere, uh, the energy in the building on December 28th uh, with the top 10 team in the country on your court, uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. So really thankful to all the the great Tiger fans who came out tonight and really proud of our players uh, for beating an outstanding basketball team. You always think of LSU, the first person that comes to mind is K.J. Williams, and rightly so. He's been their go-to guy. 33 minutes only took seven shots, ended up with eight points. And if you tell me K.J. Williams gets eight points, I'm like, well, LSU loses. They only had one starter in double figures. Derek Fountain, in 29 minutes, had 14 points. But in the most unusual of ways, coming off the bench, Trey Hannibal, a little stocky guard, uh, goes nine for 14 from the field, leads the way with 19 points, and the Tigers get the win. Um, kind of, kind of remarkable. Here's Matt McMahon again talking about, look, it takes time. You got to get chemistry and this team's starting to get some, get disciplined in their approach to playing the game. I, I think it's still an area where we're trying to improve, but I do think we've made progress there. Uh, I really liked a lot of those drives in the first half where we got to the basket, but Arkansas, credit to them. They, they do a great job protecting the rim made it difficult on us to finish. Um, but, again, first half, only three turnovers. Uh, I, thought we were, I thought we were really disciplined at the defensive end of the floor, and that was a big key for us. And, uh, you know, but offensively, you know, we'll go back and watch. Still a few too many wasted possessions. But we're, we're improving. We're, we're getting better. And, you know, I know people have been disappointed that we hadn't won games by more points, but we're just trying to win games and keep getting our team better. So uh, we'll take it, get back to work tomorrow. There you go. Um, again, Trey Hannibal led the way with 19, uh, and he all he did was put his head down and get to the bucket. Here's Hannibal talking about his ability to get to the rim. 
Really, you know, uh, it's from being aggressive and playing other sports, really, is all I would say. And, you know, my main thing is just never let someone stop me from getting where I want to go. And, you know, uh, staying consistent with that and, you know, working on my three ball and everything else outside of that and, you know, staying consistent with the work, it, it'll pay off, you know. So just staying locked in, <laughs> just staying locked in, you know, and uh, taking what the defense gives me mainly. So I keep doing that and we'll be pretty good. More and more teams are going to start backing off and make LSU prove they can shoot from the perimeter but to beat them. Um, I'm going to add one more soundbite in here, James. Uh, Derek Fountain, uh, who again um, has been quite the addition to the starting lineup, 14 points and 10 rebounds on the night, a very efficient five for nine from the floor, four for five from the free throw line. He's the only guy that really was uh, consistent on either aspect of it. And he talked about, hey, look, it's a conference win, and that is nothing other than a confidence builder for this ball club. I mean, we already – we was already, like, talking to each other and uh, giving each other confidence before the game, uh, letting the, uh, the new people to come around, the freshmen or the people that come from lower, you know, level, like people like Cole. Kendall. We're just letting them know, like, like I said in the last interview, this the game won't be different far as uh like going like effort wise from other teams it's gonna be a gritty game just about every game and I was letting them know that there's nothing to panic about. Just come out here and do what coach say and that's what happened. There you go. Um so they take their show on the road. Up next the Kentucky Wildcats who got beaten by Missouri. There's a lot of unrest in the Commonwealth. Missouri 89, Kentucky 75. One name to always look out for is Oscar Shibwe, the college basketball player of the year last year. He had 23 points, 19 rebounds in the loss. Uh, Kentucky just can't shoot it in the ocean. Um, 34% from behind the arc. They just don't shoot it well from the perimeter. Um, and there's some unrest there. So can the Tigers go on the road in what will be a severely hostile environment um, to take on the Kentucky Wildcats, who are now 8-4 and four overall, 0-1 oh in SEC play. The Tigers are 12-1 and 1-0 and and oh in league play. What a huge, huge win for Matt McMahon. Um, again, I took my kids to go see the Pelicans game um, because it's on a school night and they're off, and that's about the only chance we get to do that. Uh, plenty of LSU basketball games to go to, but I had friends and colleagues and all that said the joint was jumping, uh, that the, the Pete's Palace was alive and well, and that was a throwback game. Um, and look, if you're if you're limited in some aspects, then you you better have some defense. But I'm telling you, LSU's going to have to find more consistent scoring, or they're going to be in trouble. They they just are. You cannot. You cannot continue to hold teams down like that. There's too many good players, but Adam Miller, 29 minutes, two of nine from the field for seven points. He's got to get more consistency. Who are your guys that you can count on and go to? Um, you know, they they were fortunate to get away with the win because Arkansas it was just abysmal shooting the ball. Shoot, and just a biz. Both teams, fifty percent from the free throw line. Both. That's that's not that's not good. That's not good at all. So the main aspect, LSU didn't turn the ball over just ten times 
uh, they did, and that did not allow Arkansas to get up and down and down, you know, in, into a fast break type of a mode. And because of that, LSU comes away with the win. Huge win for Matt McMahon. Uh, but they've got some work to do on the offensive end. There's no question about it. Um, it just, thank goodness they were at home. That's all I'm going to say. Thank goodness they were at home. Uh, coming up in just a smidge, we'll head out to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, Kim Mulkey's ninth-ranked, undefeated LSU Tigers taking on the Hogs in Fayetteville. SEC opener for that one. Uh, the voice of the LSU women's basketball team, Patrick Wright, will join us, and we'll get a preview of that and much, much more. What a great night it was. The Pels went down the stretch. Tigers win down the stretch. It's a great night of hoops, baby. Great night of hoops. Um, we'll see if the women can keep pace when we return here to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for those LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 33 minutes after the hour, last night, LSU's men's basketball team upset the Arkansas Razorbacks. Tonight, can Kim Mulkey's LSU women's team fare as well against uh, the 24th-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks in Bud Walton Arena? Game is televised nationally, and you can also listen to the sultry tones of our next guest as the longtime play-by-play voice of LSU women's basketball, Mr. Patrick Wright. Happy belated Merry Christmas. Happy early New Year, my friend. How are you doing? Doing good, Jordy. You know, it's uh, when you, you know, basketball obviously is played indoors, but when you look on the calendar and you see Fayetteville in December, that's when you circle to bring the, the, the long, uh, long underwear and whatnot. It's 70 degrees here right now. I'm utterly shocked. So hopefully that's a good sign of some better things to come tonight as well on the hardwood. Yeah, maybe the maybe those rims will be warm and uh, the ball will go through it. So uh, LSU's twelve and zero. They've been all over the globe to Bimini to Maui, all over the place. You've seen this ball club. Um, Kid Monkey says, "I don't know how good we are yet, but we're we're going to find out because the competition's going to ramp up." What do you think of this ball club this year? so far from your eyeballs well i think we have an outstanding ball club now again uh you look at it's the way the schedule set up and as she has had to explain to a lot of people lately she made out the schedule before angel reese and some of these transfers ever got here right. she had no idea what she was going to have she scheduled kind of light that having been said you play what's on the schedule and you play to the best of your ability and what LSU has done to some pretty decent teams here lately has been pretty pretty impressive. You know, down in Maui, we beat Montana State. And you to say Montana State, well, you know, what's the big deal? We beat them by 39. They won their league last year, went to the NCAA tournament, returned most of their team. And then we played an Oregon State team that had just taken Oregon, who was ranked in the top ten, to the final two minutes before they lost. And we dismantled them by 32. Um, wow. 
So the competition's gotten a little better, and I think our play has gotten better. Uh, I think you know with some of those early easier games, I think the roles kind of define themselves. You kind of see what you got. You see Angel Reese is a beast, and then you put her against a good competition like Oregon State, and she gets a twenty-five point, twenty rebound game. So uh, the talent is there, and yeah. SEC play is going to be a new new animal. We've got a lot of new faces, but Jordy, a lot of these kids played. You know, Ladeja Williams, our fifth-year senior, has been in this league for four years. You know, Angel Reese came from Maryland. She played in the ACC last year. So I don't think a rise in competition and the, the pressure of league play is going to get to the squad. They just got to go out and and do what they've been doing. The team has gotten better defensively. We had a few deficiencies earlier. A lot of guards were getting in the lane, dribble drive, and kick out. We seem to have fixed that. So it's a team that's used the schedule to its advantage. It's gotten better, and I think they're they're ready. We're all ready to, to see how it looks against a, a top 25 team on the road. Patrick Wright, the voice of uh, the LSU women's basketball team. I, tell me if I'm wrong. Last year you had some good players, but they seemed to all kind of – everything just kind of clicked in Kim's first year. I think this team has better talent uh, – maybe not better individual talent. And now it's just a question of getting them to learn to play with one another, to identify their roles and go on. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, I think, I think that you nailed it, uh, to be honest, that, and, and I think that process is, has come together, the process of coming together, learning how to play together. This team's got outstanding chemistry. I mean, it, okay. it, it's, it's a sight to see because you've got, you've got, uh, I counted them. I think we got three freshmen. We've got kids. We got a kid who came from Maryland. We got one who came from Missouri. You got one who came from JUCO. You got one that came from West Virginia. You had a couple kids who were still here from last year. You had one come from Ohio State. For them to be playing as efficiently together as they are, and we we're still in December, has been amazing. Um, the, the chemistry. The kids love each other. They play for each other. They get excited for each other when they're on the bench. They're jumping around, having a good time, and um, you know, and I'm sure that there'll be you know a bumpy spot here or two in the league play. But mm-hmm. but I, I think they are further ahead of schedule than I thought they would be, considering the new influx from just everywhere. You know, you 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 know, you say we've traveled the globe to play games. We did a lot of they did a lot of traveling to find some of these kids in the transfer portal as well. And That's the right. talent, yes. Yes, definitely it's been a talent upgrade. And I, I, if this team keeps getting better, they're, they're going to be something else. They really are. Patrick, you've seen some great players. You've been doing this a long time on the women's side. Just how good is Angel Reese? Well, you know, she's putting up numbers right now that Sylvia Fowles used to put up. You know, in fact, yep. the last player to have a 2020 uh, you know, re, uh, points and rebounds was Sylvia Fowles in her last game against Tennessee in the Final Four. That was 15 years, 14 years ago in 2008. Um, and, and Sylvia is, is one of the all-time greats, no doubt. Yep. Angel has a lot of similarities to what she does. And what's even a little better is Reese can lead your fast break for you. At, at oh. 6'3", she can run the break. You know, she was a point guard, and, you know, but she hit one of those growth spurts in like 7th or 8th grade and her, got her. bigger. But all those uh-huh. point guard skills are still with her. She loves to run the floor. Her favorite stat line, get this, Jordy, I, I, I know you like points and whatnot, and Angel does too, but her favorite stats to get are uh, steals and assists. And she okay. leads the team in steals, and she's second in assists, on top uh-huh. of the points and rebounds. Yeah. 
That, that's awesome. That's a, that's a well-rounded player. Um, you know, Kim Mulkey, point guard, loved the point guard she had a year ago. Uh, how yeah. how valuable and how good of a job has Alexis Morris done in taking over that mantle this year? She's done well. You know, and it's an interesting thing because last year Morris was asked to score a lot of points. She averaged yeah. over 15 a game and took a high volume of shots. She wanted to play point guard this year. Um, her scoring is down, and that's okay. She's only averaged, I say only, averaging about 12.8. She's you know, averaging about three points less a game. But she's fine with that because she doesn't need to do all the scoring. You know, Kayla Pointer had to do most of the scoring, and then Alexis Morris had to do a lot of it last year. And she has accepted the role really, really well. And I, it's been fun to watch her develop as, you know, as a player who doesn't have to take 18 shots a game. Um, she's content to uh, to get others involved. And then at that time when they kind of forget about her, she kicks her scoring game in. She'll hit a mid-range jumper for you or she'll get a layup in transition or something like that. Um, I, still, I don't think she's quite as pure of a point guard as Kayla was, but right. but she's a veteran. She understands Coach Mulkey. She understands the system, and she understands the value of getting her other scorers involved. And um it's been 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 fun to watch that uh, kind of transition for her. Patrick Wright, the voice of LSU women's basketball with us. It's it's hard to get a true evaluation when you're beating teams by 30, 40, 50, and Kim's empty in the bench and giving all these kids who practice hard every day and deservedly so some playing time. Um, so maybe some of the numbers are skewed for some of these players, but how good – is the highest regarded recruit in this class, Flaugé Johnson. Now, we all know about her rapping and all that stuff, but on the court, have you seen her game develop, and what is what is the sky for her? Uh, the, there is really no limit for her either. Now, the one thing, and, and Coach Mulkey will say this from time to time, sometimes Flaugé plays like a freshman. Um, and you know, Not a, not to, uh, to denigrate, but just, you know, uh, sh- the, a couple of games, she's gotten herself into foul trouble. A couple of right. games, she has been a little bit slow on defense to react to some things. Um, but but she's been good enough to stay in the starting lineup um, because that's what she's got to do because she's a, that's where she belongs. But but there there are some things where she can get better. Now I mentioned the two things that have been kind of tough on her. She's shooting fifty percent from the field, forty percent shooting threes, averaging six mm-hmm. rebounds a game. Um, good and is a third on the team in steals. She is so athletic. She's long and lean, and um, she can lead you on the break. She can pop out and hit a three. She can score in a lot of different ways. Um, so some things to get better with, but you can tell that she has the physical ability to do it, and they're starting to, you know, the mental is kind of coming around as well. So pretty cool that she's been as good as she has been and has a, a lot of room to grow. LSU, um, currently in some of these bracketologists' minds, they're a number two seed as they're the ninth-ranked team in the country. Arkansas, Mike Neighbors, uh, in his sixth season as the head coach, they're 13-2. and um, They would be a number six seed if the tournament started today. Their biggest win was uh, uh, against 16th-ranked Creighton. They won by 12. Tell me about Arkansas because Kim says, what they do offensively, um, they do it very, very well. What is that? Well, all right, so they did. They were thirteen and zero. They lost a couple in San Diego last weekend. They lost to Oregon by seven. They lost an overtime to a good South Florida team by one. They're 
Uh, you know, Jordy, it is, we've seen enough basketball. I, I don't think you would have, and of course, you didn't. we didn't have the three-point shot when you played yet, but this is a team, they shoot layups and three-pointers. Not nothing okay. mid-range, not a whole lot of, lot of uh, elbow jumpers. They're very good at shooting threes, and they're very good at either shooting layups, but they're also second in the nation in drawing fouls. Um, they like to shoot within eight seconds on the shot clock whether it's wow. a three or a driving layup, mm-hmm. and they do not turn it over. They only average about 12 turnovers a game, which is a very low number in women's basketball. So it, it's kind of a unique team. I, I can't imagine that, that you would have ever played against a, a team with that philosophy. You know, hey, jump shots and layups, that's all we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're efficient. They're not a deep team. They only go about eight deep. They're only shooting about 31% from three this year, which is a little bit down for them. But you know, on any given night, is that night they can explode and, and hit 13 right. on you. So you got to yeah. guard them. And what Coach emphasized today is if they miss that first shot, don't let them get the offensive rebound. They'll kick it out and try another three. Right. Um, so hopefully if they can miss some threes, we'll get some rebounds and then take it back on them in transition. But they yeah. are a, a team that will get to the line. They've got super quick guards that like to drive it to the bucket and either take it in or kick it out for three. So what you're telling me, it's not a good night if you're the color analyst on the radio broadcast. There's not enough time to get anything in. It's all you, big guy. Well, you know, but the thing is, and Coach said this, they've got to figure out a way to guard some of our players, too. That's and uh, right. I'm we're just kind of talking amongst ourselves. I'm not sure how they're going to, going to handle Angel Reese. I don't know if they're going to go zone. They're going to find some sort of junk defense and make LSU beat them from the perimeter. So that's going to be what I'm fascinated to see is how some of these SEC teams yeah. uh, try to attack and, and keep uh, Angel Reese somewhat under control. Everybody will find out who, who she is and what this LSU basketball team is after tonight. I mean, the men did a r- ridiculously good job. Uh, it was an old throwback game last night. I mean, 60, uh, 24, 19 at the half. Are you kidding me? Um, but it was an old school and give coach McMahon some credit. They got the game one. So, um, we'll see what Kim and the group can do. I, I, I feel good about this club. I, I want to see Floje play. I want to see her with this athleticism. Those are the kind of difference makers you need in these type of league games, girls that can take it off the dribble and, and create and get their own shot. No matter what is thrown at them, that that's the difference I think in the women's game. Yeah, you know, and we're, you're going to see players who have, you know, uh, the, the pull-up jump shot off a fast break is not a skill a lot of women have, but we've got a couple right. who can do it. Um, so we've got athletes on this team that can do things that not a lot of other athletes can do. I think that's uh, that Coach Mulkey, they go out and find these kids. They bring them in. You know, not every kid can play for Coach Mulkey, but the ones that do come here and play for her, uh, give it everything that they've got, and will will go to battle as hard as they can for Angel Reese is one of those kids, you know, who has said basically in interviews recently, like I needed Coach Mulkey, I needed somebody who can push me, and and not take it easy on me, and let make me be the best I can be. And um, if she's not even there yet, I, I'm curious to see what that's going to be because it's been so good for all of them so Pat, far. Hey Pat, you were there when uh, when uh, Bob Starkey first came to LSU. He left and went here, there. Now he's back home. What, hey, I know he's doing a tremendous job. It's got to be a fun thing to have him back in the fold. Oh, ab- absolutely, it is. You know, it's uh, because and he, he's the guy. He ne- he never had an aspiration to be a head coach, although he could have been. But to, to watch him blend in with Coach Mulkey and the staff she already had assembled, um, you know, Coach 
Mulkey identified what she needed. She needed a, a guy who could come in and do the, you know, do do the scouting, do the reports. And he's such a good teacher. You know, watching him and shoot around today, um, he, he puts it in words the kids can understand, and and they take what what they watch on the film and his teaching and and put it into play. And it, I've, I've never seen a guy who, you know, he spent most of Christmas Day at home with the wife uh, watching game film. That's just that's how he that's, is constructed, and and <laughs> that's that's why he's got a lot of a lot of uh, jewelry from championships and Final Fours and whatnot. He's he as long as I've known Bob, he is the film room junkie. That's all he ever did. It's all he ever wanted to do. He loves it, and every staff needs one of those. Good luck tonight. Six o'clock tip. Um, good weather in Fayetteville. Of course, it doesn't matter unless you want to fly home. But inside that Bud yeah. Walton Arena, we'll see what happens. But good luck. Have a great call of the game, buddy, and, and uh, happy New Year to you early, man. Thank you for your time. Hey, same to you, Jordy. We'll talk to you down the road. You got it, buddy. Really do appreciate it. The voice of the LSU Lady Tigers or the LSU Women's Basketball. They don't call themselves Lady Tigers anymore. Uh, the LSU Women's Basketball Team, 12-0, and undefeated, ninth-ranked, first big test of the year tonight against Arkansas. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back and better than ever. Yes, indeed. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home, and everywhere that you can go. Um, We've got uh, Thursday night football tonight. Yes, we do. Um, Dallas Cowboys. Um, Getting ready to take on the Tennessee Titans and the Titans are going it's it's, it's inevitable this time of the year there the Titans are starting quarterback Joshua Dobbs versus the Cowboys um Dobbs signed off the Detroit Lions practice squad just 8 days ago he's getting the start over rookie Malik Willis who has struggled in his three starts this will be Dobbs first NFL start whoo woo my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Mike Vrabel's team is in the midst of a five-game losing streak. Um, the Titans are 7-8. and eight. They find themselves in a win-and-in situation next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, regardless of tonight's outcome. Um, yeah, so uh, we shall see what happens with all of that as we get uh, – the second-to-last weekend of the regular season underway. With that in mind, coming up in hour number two of the program, Matthew Bruni will join us. We'll go to Dallas, find out what's the latest on LSU and their preparations. I, I know they're having fun in, uh, in uh, Orlando, um, so we'll talk to Matthew all about that. And then Frank Schwab will join us uh, for his week 17 picks, including tonight's game. Got a lot of games with um, with some value and some interest with playoff implications. 
but none better than um, what's taking place on Monday night. The Buffalo Bills are a one-point road favorite at the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow just doesn't get any better than that. So we'll we'll get the picks from the Schwab on that and much, much more. But again, in recapping our number one, it was a great night of hoops. LSU basketball upsets ninth-ranked Arkansas. They go home uh, and they get it done. And the New Orleans Pelicans win their fourth in a row in front of a packed house at the Smoothie King Center. It was um, exciting. They just they struggled throughout. They just could never get old. You know, you you battle back. And you you just get within a point, and then Minnesota would hit a bucket. You can't get over the hump, but they finally did at the end. So a great night of hoops. Tigers win. Pels win. Hour number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Heltberg Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, excuse me, and away we go. Uh, the day after LSU's men's basketball team shocked the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, the ninth-ranked team in the country with a 60-57 to 57 win inside Pete's Palace. Uh, down the interstate in New Orleans, the New Orleans Pelicans won their fourth in a row, a 119-118 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves led by Zion Williamson's career high. 43 points as all five starters scored in double figures. And the Pels are right now sitting atop the Western Conference at 21 and uh, 21 and 12, 22 and 12. Uh, So uh, a good night of hoops. Good night of hoops. We shift now in this hour to the college uh, and the NFL ranks of, of football. LSU is in Dallas getting ready for the, excuse me, in Orlando, getting ready for the Citrus Bowl, two lanes in Dallas for the Cotton Bowl. But LSU's uh, getting ready to take on Purdue on Monday, January the 2nd. Matthew Bruni, who covers the Tigers on a daily basis for BengalTigerOn3.com, kind enough to join us. Matthew, happy early New Year to you, buddy. How are you? Hey, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Uh I was driving in, driving back in yesterday, so couldn't do it yesterday. But yeah, we're, we're we're on today, and uh, you know, like you said, uh, the men team men's team got it done. We'll cover the women's game tonight at six at Arkansas. Um, excited for that one, and then um, yeah, then I'll be waiting for the football game January second. January the second. Um, let's talk LSU basketball for a second. KJ Williams only takes seven shots, gets eight points. It's like where are they going to get the scoring from? And that was an old school game, man. Sixty into to fifty seven, um, man. Give me your assessment. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, obviously, you start defensively what they were able to do to Arkansas in the first half. I mean, really, just making everything difficult for them. They they really took away the paint. Uh, even though Arkansas is one of the taller teams in the country, they collapsed. They forced Arkansas Arkansas to shoot twenty five threes on the night which is not their game, and uh, overall, I mean, 
you got to start defensively is a great job from the coaching staff. And then offensively, you you kind of mentioned it. KJ only shoots seven times, but, um, and, you know, Adam Miller and Cam Hayes and Juice Hill, and none of them really give you anything. And it's Nothing. Trey Hannibal and Derek Fountain who <laughs> combine to, to really be the engine for this team, which is just uh, incredible, really. So they played 11 guys, nine guys played double digits. I mean, they're deep. Um, I still obviously think there are plenty of question marks with this team, but it's a it's a really, really good win in a conference that is really pretty open, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, um, let, let's switch over to LSU football. What, 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 what happened with Kayshawn Booty, do you think? I mean, he says he's all in, he's ready to come back next year. Then I hear he's not with the team. He doesn't make the trip to uh, to Orlando. What, 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 what happened there in your humble estimation yeah i um obviously the the team put out a statement said he uh it was a violation of team rules uh that could be a number of things um i can't you know obviously uh, right. i don't want to speculate on everything no, but no. uh it, it is it is obviously a situation where you're like like you said he comes back to the team and he ha- like he had plenty of time to weigh his options before that um and then this happens and then uh, the timing of it to where once it is announced that he's suspended, he then declares for the draft. It's just a really weird um, looking situation. Um, it is, I, I do know um, that, I believe it was reported as well, was that this was not something recent. This was not something that happened yesterday and that he was suspended yesterday. This was for something that happened in the past. Um, yeah. How much in the past, I don't know. But yeah, so this this has been something that, you know, has been, you know, the team's been aware of, he's been aware of. So, I think it's just uh, the timing of it all looked really weird from from the outside, and so um, obviously it's unfortunate. But you know, he him moving on isn't the the end of the world, and uh, no. they'll continue no. to to build. I kind of get if I'm reading between the tea leaves, and I remember the conversation when Brian Kelly was asked. Well, uh, I know his last name um, and stuff like that. I I kind of get the feeling that Kayshawn never really bought in to the new staff, the new approach, the way they wanted to get the That's just the impression that I have. And I think he wanted to get out and get going and try and start making money. He's got a child. Um, mm-hmm. So NIL is fine, but NFL money is a lot better. Yeah. Um, I think early on, I think that was definitely um, everybody's thought. As the season went on, though, I did – give him a lot of credit for even though he wasn't catching passes he never you know opted out he never really um sat out by by choice i mean he was visibly excited in the locker room you know celebrations on the sideline uh kelly complimented him as a leader throughout the year so the hope was that he had kind of turned a corner and that everybody was like all right um you know, they were aligned, bought in, which I think he was to a degree. But, um, you know, after the season, you evaluated. I mean, he clearly didn't have the season that he wanted to have, uh, whether that's on him, whether that's on, you know, Kelly and Denbrock, whether that's on Jaden Daniels is for everybody to debate. But um, I, I kind of agree as far as it, it doesn't surprise me that this was the ultimate decision because it just this, this, the year never really felt right with with mm-hmm. him and so yeah, yeah. It, it, that's why this doesn't really uh, surprise me now, some people can act pretty good um when people are watching yeah. but when they get 
away from all the people. I think their true, what their true feelings are. I just, I just get the sense he never really truly bought in. But the wide receiver position is loaded. They're going to be just fine with that one. We talked about K, um, Jaden Daniels. We both thought that he would come back. That's now a moot point. Um, doesn't this mean, I mean, if LSU gets a win over Purdue as expected, if they show up and if they really want to play in the game, which I believe they do, doesn't this catapult LSU into, into the ever so non-relevant but fun for us <laughs> preseason to way too early poll for next year? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think it'll shoot them up quite a bit, uh, especially with Jaden Beck answers questions because as we know those early season polls are about who people know right like right. that's what all the preseason conference lists are for it's like all right who's yeah. returning you know who are the big name transfers coming in and we'll build our top 25 and we'll build our all conference list from that so you have Jaden daniels back you know malik neighbors <laughs> you're returning the offensive line um and you kind of go from there. So offensively, LSU has a lot less questions than it would have if Jaden was gone. With that being said, obviously we've talked about throughout the year, it's like he's going to have to continue to improve, and he understands that, and the coaching staff understands that. You can't have these outlier games where he passes for 80 yards against Auburn or can't pass against Arkansas or you know struggles against Florida State. So they're going to have to be more consistent as a passing uh, offense, and that's going to be the one of the big talking points of this offseason is how um, they can do that. Matthew Bernie with us, Bengal Tiger on 3.com. Um, the spotlight, I mean, we've got to talk about it. It's the big elephant in the room. Now what does Garrett Nussmeyer do? And, and how does Brian Kelly tell a kid, okay, look, we're going to open this thing up. Um, and we're going to let the best man win. But, you know, the best man we thought last year won, and he brought us to nine, hopefully ten wins. What does he tell that kid? And, I mean, you can't fault the kid if he decides, well, you know what, I'm going to pick up my ball and go somewhere else to play. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm surprised it's kind of he hasn't already entered the portal. And that's just obviously my my opinion that's just like – if if you're in that situation, it felt like we were all waiting for Jaden Daniels to come back, and then Garrett Nussmeier did that domino drop because right. if Garrett Nussmeier was in the portal. I mean, there's plenty of schools that would um, would like his services and would like him to start for them at quarterback. Uh, so I, I'm just surprised it's kind of taken this long. Um, I I assume Brian Kelly and company are telling him, like you said, you know, it'll be a competition, you know, you'll have a chance, yada, 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 because you would like to keep him on the roster. But even if he's not on the roster, I don't think it's the end of the world for, for this team because you do have Walker Howard, who, from all accounts, right. and we um, we saw him during fall camp, he has a very, very live arm, and you hope he can kind of step into that role. And um, so it's not like it's a need that you, you uh, that Garrett Nussmeyer stays. But, yeah, the fact that it's taken this long, I think – uh, kind of like Jaden Daniels, uh, kind of speaks to the thought process and uh, what they're kind of going through at this moment. But yeah, he's I I, I would have expected him to have, um, you know departed with Jaden Daniels coming back. I think maybe there's a little bit more to it now, but um, I'm interested to see how long it takes because teams are starting to fill up uh, their quarterback needs. That's for sure. Plenty of guys are moving around in the portal right now. 
plenty moving around. I think as soon as that game is over, I think it's going to be there. And I can think of several teams within the conference. Auburn would be like, please. Yep. Alabama loses yep. their quarterback. Tennessee's lost their quarterback. There's a lot of Georgia's losing their quarterback. There's a lot of teams that are going, hey, look what we saw. Look what we – Kirby Smart must be going, dude, come play for me. We're going to have a great defense. We're going to have a great running game. <laughs> look what Stetson Bennett did. You're far more talented than he is. You become the leader yeah. that he is, my guy. I mean, there's a lot of potential within the conference for that kid uh, based on what the last everybody saw him do against the team that's ranked number one in the country in that second half of the SEC championship game. Yeah, I um, like you said, it that checks all the boxes, and even and with that talent and with um, all that in mind, it's hard for me to imagine him coming back. And even if it is a, even if it is a hundred percent an open competition between him and Jay and Daniels, it's it's a really if that was the case and he does end up staying, I would mm-hmm. assume after spring practice in the second transfer portal window, one yes. of them would leave. Right, like you can't. I, I'm I'd you. be surprised if both of them were on the roster opening day. That would be uh, that would be a surprise. You have covered LSU throughout the course of the 2022 season. I know everybody's going to say the number one thing was the LSU football win over Alabama. I agree. What was your second most vivid memory of covering LSU this year? <sighs> the Ole Miss game is up there. Oh, no, the Florida State game. The Florida State game is is mm. probably the one I would assume uh, for all the man, wrong reasons. The, all the wrong reasons, but man, uh, just what a roller coaster that game was! If you go back and look at that game from the muff punt to the, I mean, there was a blocked field goal in that game as well. I mean, all of the drama of of everything going wrong and them coming back somehow, but the, the atmosphere was awesome. Um, Obviously, if it was 50-50, Florida State, LSU, um, that was amazing. And then, like I said, the Ole Miss game was my was the the appetizer to the Alabama game, and that was that was awesome too. So that was when people really started to take notice of this team when they beat Ole Miss down like that, and uh, then they kind of kept picking the momentum from there. So yeah, I'd say those those were awesome as well. That was a really really fun season. It was a fun season. Maybe LSU basketball will kick some things off. Um, I mean, the women were terrific, you know, the, in the past season. Um, a lot, and Matt McMahon gets a win against Arkansas. Now they got to go to Rupp Arena. Ooh, they're not happy in the Commonwealth as Kentucky got beat <laughs> by Missouri. They're not happy with Cal at all. So we'll see what happens there. But 2023, um, golly, uh, all these first-year head coaches, Pretty pretty impressive what what Scott Woodward has done with with Brian Kelly and Coach Johnson and Coach McMahon and Coach Mulkey. My God, the volleyball coach gets to the NCAA tournament. He's he's pretty good at picking coaches. I got to admit. Yeah, if if McMahon pans out um, and ends up not not even having to obviously win them, we know how hard it is to win championship in basketball let's just say he makes even if he makes a elite eight sweet 16 run uh in the near future i mean that would be yeah there, there would be no misses in that staff and obviously mcmahon had the toughest situation with all of the allegations of the program and right. everything he stepped into so he has the most work to do and he's obviously the least proven name of all those 
um, between Mulkey, uh, McMahon, Johnson, but that that last night that win was 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 big. Big. It was his first landmark win, so we'll see if they can keep it keep it going. And who knows? Maybe get to a nine win conference season. That would be huge. That would be huge. One of my wishes for 2023 is for this NCAA and this committee to finally put it to bed once and for all. Let's see what it is. I don't think LSU is going to get punished, but I don't think Will Wade's going to be coaching for a long time um, in the college ranks. I think they're going to make an example of him. I really, really do, because unlike all the other coaches, he kind of put his foot and drew a line in the sand and um, he just kind of laughed in the face of them, and I think that's going to uh, get him in the in the end. Uh, we shall see. That's just my thought. But maybe in twenty twenty three we can put it all to bed once and for all and move on because it's like it keeps going on and on, yeah, and on. Right? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that I think you're you're pretty pretty much right. I I wouldn't be surprised. I think LSU won't. Won't get um, won't get hit that badly after you know Bill Self only had to sit out four games. Like there's across the country, teams and coaches have been let off pretty light over the past year or so. I think maybe with the NIL picking up and whatnot, maybe the NCAA started to soften up up a bit. But I I would think LSU wouldn't get hit um, very hard at all, especially with Will Wade gone. So that'll be like that'll be the story. That, that will be a story when the time comes. Um, okay, yeah. LSU favored 14 and a half. Since I won't talk to you before uh, before the game again, um, give me your thoughts. Um, no quarterback for Purdue, uh, interim head coach. They, a lot of their best players have opted out. LSU has their quarterback back. They've got their coach intact. What do you think? I, I think I've said this before. Brian Kelly clearly wants to approach this game with urgency. There's a want and kind of a desperation not to lose three straight games to end the year after the season they had. Um, heck, he said in that video, it's about how you start and how you, you finish. I mean, they right. started the year losing to Florida State, um, and now they have a chance to hopefully end on a higher note and really pick up momentum for 2023 going into it. It's, I mean, they, they're going to be fine recruiting. They're going to be fine next year, regardless of what happens in this game. But I think when you look at what Purdue doesn't have on the field, you look at what LSU does have returning and on the field, there's a continuity LSU has, there's a talent LSU has. that, And there, I think there's going to be an urgency, which is always the factor in these bowl games, is who, That's right. you know, who wants it more, who's more urgent. And I think LSU will come out and, and take care of business. I'd be... I'd be surprised if it was close in the fourth quarter. I think Tigers can can take care of business and get it done. I'm taking LSU and the points. I think LSU rolls, and they come back home and get ready for next year. So we shall see. Um, Matthew Bruni, BengalTigerOn3.com. Welcome back. Thank you for your time, and happy, happy New Year, my friend. Hope it's a great one for you. Appreciate it, Jordan. You have a good New Year, and uh, talk to you in 2023. I promise you, you will. Thank you so much. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Matthew Bernie, um, BengalTigerOn3.com. The biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th through the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Papers, Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, and much more. 
The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You see, VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll hear from the New Orleans Saints as they get ready for the Eagles when we return here to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back 24 minutes after the hour on a Thursday, December 29th. The Saints, their playoff hopes are on a thin, thin, thin string. They've got to win out. They've got to get some help. They've got to go into Philadelphia to take on the team with the best record in the NFL. Um, and it's more than just James, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, and, and they've got wide receiver. they got everything. they got everything. It's going to be a very tall task for sure. Andy Dalton has played well of late. Here's Andy Dalton talking about his impressions after looking at the Eagles on tape, what their defense presents. Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, they, they're, they you know, one of the best defenses in the league in a lot of most categories. And I think for them, they, they play really hard. They know the scheme that they're playing. And, um, you know, they've been able to create a lot of turnovers. And I feel like that's led to the success that they've had. James Hurst, uh, one of the anchors on the offensive line. Um, it, it, the game is always one up front. Here's his assessment of the Eagles defensive line, who's always been good at putting pressure on opposing teams' quarterbacks. Really, really good front across the board. I'd say if you look across the entire league, uh, they're probably the deepest unit um, with, with just so much talent at every single position. So that definitely poses kind of a unique challenge, if you will, and uh, it's a big matchup for us up front. We know that you know a lot of the game is going to come down to how we play as an offensive line against a really good front. So uh, we got to understand the schemes. You know, the coaches are going to do a great job putting us in good positions to have success. And uh, yeah, we know that the, the pressure's on us, and, and we got to come out and we got to play well in order, you know, particularly for the offense to go out and be able to score some points. Got to score some points, take some pressure off the defense. So James Hurst, just how do you approach these final couple of weeks of the regular season? You worry about what you can control, and, and that's winning. We know that we have to win. For us, it's a playoff game, um, so that's pretty straightforward. We know that if we don't win, we're you know we're out. So uh, you got to approach it. Our backs against the wall, and uh, you know we can't be concerned with all the with all the other stuff. But but we can control how we play in this game and, and the outcome of this game. Well, they sound like they're having fun in the background, right? One of the big surprises for the, this year's club has been the emergence of he's got a great name, Rashid Shahid who's getting more and more comfortable both as a wide receiver and as a return specialist. Right. Um, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with both, absolutely. Um, you know, with the return game, um, there's definitely a big difference in speed and, you know, timing has to be on point. And, you know, Riz has put in a lot of trust in me uh, to go out there and, 
you know, do my job. Um, and that's what I try to do on the offense, too, um, any chance I get, you know, to make a play for the team. Make a play for the team. So we shall see. It's the Saints and the Eagles. Um, what an unenviable task. Uh, the weather's not going to be that bad of a deal. Uh, the, the Eagles are a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this thing with the total uh, at 42. So that here again, they think another one of those low-scoring type of games. The Eagles still trying to lock up the tight top seed. I still don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play or not. If he doesn't, that means Gardner Minshew has another game. The Saints are playing consecutive road games after beating the Browns. The defense played well in that one, but Cleveland doesn't have the offense that Philadelphia has. So very, very tough task for the New Orleans Saints. We'll find out what the Schwab has to say as he comes up next here on the Jordy Helper Show with his Week 17 picks. So stay with us on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's Thursday. We've got NFL football, Dallas and Tennessee as we're coming down the stretch. Week 17 of the NFL season with two weeks remaining in the regular season before we finally get to the playoffs. A lot of playoff implications uh, will we'll get settled uh, this weekend for good or bad, depending upon who you're pulling for. Um, and let's go to our expert from Yahoo Sports Frank Schwab. Frank, thank you for your time. Hope you had a great Christmas and a happy early New Year's to you, buddy. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, we're all of a sudden getting towards the end of the season, aren't we? Yes, we are. Um, and teams are changing quarterbacks. At, I mean, Tennessee's uh, going with a new quarterback tonight against Dallas. The Cowboys, they've got that double-digit spread favorite up to – Minus, I don't know. I've seen anywhere from 13 and a half to 10. I don't know what it is now. I think it's 13 and a half. No Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. They're on a swoon. This game really doesn't matter to them. It's next week, right? When they play Jacksonville. Yeah. And as you know, they're sitting everybody. And even today, there's a report that Joshua Dobbs is expected to be the starter, not Malik Willis, which. I don't right. really know what to make of that, Jordy. I, I don't know if they're auditioning him for Week 18 because Willis has been so bad. Uh, it's just a mess. And, look, you know I like double-digit underdogs in the NFL, especially home ones, but yeah. I can't get behind this Titans team. I just don't know if they're going to score. I I just wonder if, if the Cowboys get to 24 points tonight, which is totally possible against the Titans' backup defense, are, are the Titans going to score ten? Like I don't, I, I just can't trust them. I, I don't. I guess if you if you force me to make a pick, it's got to be Cowboys. Even though I really, yeah. really hate laying that many points with a road favorite. This is a get well kind of game for for the Cowboys. Everybody will be happy and laughing, and they'll they'll take care of business. Yeah. So let's get rid of them. Uh, this is all about. Uh, do you really want to play or not? Chicago is out. They got no chance to make the playoffs. Detroit needs to win out to have a chance to make the postseason. 
They were awful last week against the against the Panthers, but they're back home. Uh, Detroit should be motivated. Uh, how can the Bears be motivated? So in, I, I don't know. Uh, Detroit is a six-point home favorite in this one. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to the same place here where if the Lions had won last week, maybe you could talk me into, hey, the Lions are going to be looking ahead to Green Bay in Week 18, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's going to happen after they played the way they did last week at Carolina. They were terrible. I yeah. mean, they're, you know, Dan Campbell, their coach, went out to midfield after the game and enthusiastically went up to Steve Wilkes, a Panthers coach, and said, hey, that was a heck of a behind kicking you put on us. And he yeah. didn't say behind. And it was just, you could tell he was just almost fired up to, to get after his team, right? To, to tell him, hey, you, you know, you thought you'd made it and you hadn't. So I think right. they come out this week really motivated. I think they put it onto a Bears team that's not very good. I mean, motivation or not, they're just not good. I, I respect Joseph Fields, but he can only do so much. I think the Lions went huge here, at least by double digits. I, I don't, I just don't see the Bears really putting up that much of a fight here. I'm with you. I'm with you. Frank Schwab with us, Yahoo Sports, Week 17 of the NFL. Here's a game uh, where the winner will control its playoff fate, making this huge for both the Miami Dolphins, who travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick's squad is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on this one. Dolphins have lost four in a row. Patriots have lost two tough ones in a row. No Tua. Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater is going to start. Um, I know you love Belichick in these situations. Do you love him enough to give them Patriots and the points? I just can't hear. I I think the Patriots offense is just so broken that it's it's getting harder and harder for me to back them. They, they, they almost came back last week, almost won that game from the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just an offense. It's not going anywhere, not doing much. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of the Miami Dolphins without Teddy. They weren't really that bad. I know they were 0-3 without him, if you count the Cincinnati game in which he got hurt. But they were in every one of those games in the fourth quarter, and then a couple scores late kind of pumped up the final, the final, uh, the the losing margin for them. So I think that they can compete in this game, and I I kind of think they're going to win. I could be written off a little bit, even I have, but I'm just getting that feeling like maybe the Miami Dolphins rally around Teddy in this game. Maybe they, uh, maybe they, okay. maybe this is their game to come out and just uh, say, hey, we are a playoff team. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to. Even without our quarterback, we're going to play good. We're going to play well. And we're going to win here. All right. Um, the New York Giants, uh, boy, they need they need one win to make the playoffs. And did they get a, a late Christmas present by yeah. welcoming the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, Nick Foles looked like he hadn't played quarterback in his life. Boy, what that team? God, they've gotten bad. I was, uh, you know, I, I bet the the Colts on Monday night. I figured, hey, you know what, Nick Foles, he has his good games. We've seen him. We we saw a Super Bowl with one of them. I think that, you know, this Colts team has got nothing out of its quarterback all year. Maybe they're a little fired up for Nick Foles. I swear, about five minutes into that game, I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I am going down with the ship here. There's no way yeah. Colts are going to cover. It no. was awful. It was terrible. And I get why they're going right back to Foles, because why not? What, what, what good does another quarterback change do you? I just mm-hmm. think that, man, this is, it's just a, it, it, they're, they're going to get, they're going to get their behinds kicked, aren't they? Like, I, I just, how, I the Colts, if there's going to be a game where they got up and played well, it was first game with a new quarterback, Monday night football at home, 
and they laid an absolute egg. You're telling me they're going to be more motivated when they go on the road to play the Giants this week? Yeah. I don't think so. I think the Giants are going to just destroy them. I, I just Not that the Giants are great, but this Colts team just has no hope anymore. I'm with you. Uh, I like the Giants to roll in that one. Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play or not. Saints have to win out and get some get some help along the way to to try and keep this uh, playoff small playoff chances alive. Um, I think the worst thing that happened to the Saints was the fact that the Eagles lost last week. They still have to. They're still trying to lock up that number one seed in the bye. So I think I think Philly comes in here with some purpose, don't you? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do. I think that I, I think that Philly doesn't want to mess around in Week 18. They don't want to be sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, how did this come to this? We got to win right. now." I, I think they want to take care of business. I I don't know what their quarterback situation is. I, Jalen Hurts was practicing some today. I don't know if he plays. I don't know if he plays half the time. I don't know if he's inactive. We'll see about that. I think they're almost better off just saying Gardner Minshew go for it. That way we're not trying to have two different game plans or whatever. We can get our guy healthy. But we'll see. I just don't think the Saints had a firepower here. I, especially like Kamara missed another day of practice today. I think the Eagles want to get this thing settled on Sunday. They don't want to drag this out to Week 18. I think your Saints are in a little bit of trouble here. It's amazing they're alive this late in the season. It really is. But I think that that might, you know, the slight, slight dream they have comes to an end on Sunday. All right. Um, staying in the NFC South, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Um, this is likely for the division title. If the Bucks win, they win the division. If the Panthers win and then win next week against the Saints, they win it. Isn't Carolina playing better than, than Tampa Bay now? Yep. Uh, but Tampa yep. Bay is, uh, is favored at home by three. And they, they almost have to be favored because they got the names and they're at home and all that. If they weren't favored to get a lot of uh, Buccaneers money, but I think the Panthers are a better team. I, I do. I, I just they've been a better team for weeks and weeks now. I mean, yeah. uh, they didn't look great against the Steelers two weeks ago, but they rebounded really well in that game against the Lions. Whereas the Buccaneers haven't played well, except I guess the game against Seattle and Germany. That was the only time they've really played well, like uh, yeah. in the last ten weeks, and that's a long time. I, I just don't see it with them. I. Uh, it's just if you're taking the Buccaneers in this game, it's just absolute blind faith. I, there's nothing that they've done for almost three months now that leads you to believe they can win a game like this. And I, I just, as much as I, I I've enjoyed Brady, I think he's great. It, it, it would be a fun story with him back in the playoffs. I don't want to see the Buccaneers in the playoffs. They don't deserve it. They're, they're a bad football team. And at least the Panthers are showing some heart and some fight. And Steve Wilkes would be a good story too, taking over as the interim, leading this team to the playoffs. So maybe it's a little bit of a pick with my my heart instead of my head because I want the Panthers to win this game and make the playoffs. But I just think they're better team. If you're gonna give me three points on top of it, I'll take it. They already beat the Buccaneers twenty twenty one to three earlier this year. What what has changed? What what has changed since they beat them like that earlier in the year? I, I just two teams going in different directions to me. When you read all the rumors and the speculation of Sean Payton, Tom Brady, New Orleans Saints, do you, do you laugh at that? Or do you give it any credence whatsoever? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I. I don't. It's. It's so hard to say. Like <laughs> the, the. The whole. The, there's a thing about Brady, and I've heard Brady's name come up a lot, especially like after the Braiders basically got moved on from Carr yesterday. Right. Is right. what do we expect Brady to be next year at age 46? Like he. Uh, he has not played badly, but 
clearly he's declined. Like, I think everybody sees that. Do we think he's going to reverse that decline at age 46 next year? Like, what? You know he what they're thinking? But you know what? I said the same thing three years ago when the, everybody was like, oh, the Buccaneers are going to be a Super Bowl contender. And they were. So maybe Brady's just going to keep, you know, beating the odds here. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I would want to take a chance on a 46-year-old quarterback. I think what people are thinking is Peyton Manning was a, she- uh, was a shell of himself, and he goes to Denver, and he just kind of manages, and they win a Super Bowl. With, and, yeah. and I think people would yeah. say, well, you know, he, at least Brady's healthy, and you put him in the right situation. Um, maybe he could do that one-year thing and go off in the – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. uh, speaking of a team that's moved on from its quarterback, Washington. Going back to Carson Wentz oh. uh, at home, taking on the Cleveland Browns. I, I, I don't know that the Commanders need to win to win out win out to make the playoffs. The Browns are eliminated. So, what do you think of this one as a two point home favorite? I, I guess uh, you know you could tell me why the Commanders are doing this, and I'd say okay, I guess that makes sense, but. There's part of me that says, why? What, what, what's the point? What's the point going back to Carson Wentz? You know who Carson Wentz is at this point. Yeah. He's just not very good. I don't think they're going to win on Sunday. I think the Browns win. Uh, everybody wants to, to jump all over Deshaun Watson. I get it. Like, I mean, he's not a very likable guy. But, I mean, they played on an ice rink last week. You saw that game. Like, uh, guys couldn't even stop. It was like instead of like a one-cut stop or, you know, one-stop cut, they were like to have to take four or five steps just to slow down on that field. Yeah. It was so icy. Yeah. Deshaun Watson was not going to play well in that game. Like, I think he's. I think he he's going to play better on Sunday. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to play well. I think that the Browns win this game and kind of put the Commanders out of their misery, and then wow. the Commanders okay. can go back to the, the roulette of the offseason quarterback uh, <laughs> shuffle when uh, that comes up. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. All right, Minnesota Vikings. At the Green Bay Packers. Huge to say the very, very least for Green Bay. If they win out, they can be a playoff team. The Vikings still have a chance at the top seed in the conference. Nobody likes Minnesota. All they do is keep winning and winning. But do they go to Lambeau Field and win as a a three-and-a-half-point road underdog? Yeah, and I think you. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Our hatred of the Vikings has gone too far. Like this yes. is not a bad football team. I get they're not as good as twelve and three. I get that. I totally understand that. It doesn't mean they're bad. Well, the, the, and I get the Packers are playing better and, and impressive win over the Dolphins, but the Vikings do have something to play for here. You mentioned it. They got a, spot, a chance at the number one seat, even a small chance. You know how NFL coaches are. They're they're not going to like shut it down just because the odds aren't that good. And I also think there's a lot of value in getting the two seat over San Francisco. If mm-hmm. if you have to play that 49ers team, you don't want to do it in San Francisco. You want to do it at home. So yeah. that's tangible. I don't see why no, more people are talking about this. Like Everybody's kind of like, oh, the Vikings have nothing to play for. Well, home field yeah, advantage in the second round, if you have to play the 49ers, is huge. It's enormous. Yeah. Like Why is that just being shuffled off? I, I think that – so the Vikings come into this game, I think, motivated. <sighs> I think they played like they normally would. They've been the better team. They beat the heck out of the Packers in week one. Yep. Going to give me three and a half points? Sure. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't I? I think the Vikings, it, it, the pendulum has swung too far. Uh, we've all gotten our takes off on how the Vikings are lucky <laughs> and they're not very good, blah, blah, blah. And now everybody just thinks the Vikings are terrible. Yeah, I saw something like on Twitter today like, oh, the, the, the uh, Kirk Cousins is like holding the Vikings back or something. Like, what are you talking about? What? They're like 12 and 3. Like, what? Yeah. 
at some point that has to matter. I think they keep this game the very least close. I think they can win it. The Vikings are are probably they were probably not as good as people thought uh, six weeks ago. Now they're probably better than people think. As long as that uh, Justin Jefferson's on the bus and gets to the stadium, yeah, I, I like Minnesota's chance. I don't know who they got on the other side. They can slow or stop that dude. I think he's uh, uh, pretty darn special. That's and then special. finally, as bad as the Monday night game was last Monday, we finally got a really good one because Buffalo is heading to Cincinnati, two of the premier quarterbacks in the game. Uh, it's the game of the week. Both teams are in the playoffs, but both teams trying to keep their momentum going. Buffalo trying to get that number one seed, and the the Bengals have turned their season around, and they're as hot as anybody. Wow, it's a one-point spread, and Buffalo's the the road favorite in this one. Yeah, this is, uh, in a weird way, this game might have a bigger say than any other game and who wins the Super Bowl this year, other than, I guess, like the Super Bowl. Uh if you think about think about the Bills' path between, let's just assume that all the teams in the running for the one seed take care of business week eighteen, right? Okay. The Bills, if they win this game, they get the number one seed. They would yep. have two home games to go yep. to the Super Bowl. They would yep. not have to play the Chiefs or the Bengals until the AFC Championship game. Would not have to play them both. If they lose this game, they play it to play Wild Card Weekend as the three seed against the Chargers, probably who are a dangerous team. Then yep. they would have to go at the Bengals in the divisional round, then probably at the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Uh-uh. Think of the difference there. Two home games versus having to play Chargers and then Bengals and Chiefs on the road. Like, there is an Oof. enormous difference with, between whether they win on Monday night and whether they lose and lose that one seed, and even the two seed, because Bengals probably get the two seed if they win on Monday night. I think the Bills, I think the Bills understand all this, and I think they know – Hey, we want to win a Super Bowl. This is our game. Like this is this, this is, is a playoff game. Basically, we can't lose yeah. this game. I think our defense really plays well in this game. Lyle Collins is going to be out for the Bengals on their offensive line. First time they've been missing an offensive lineman this year. I think that's going to factor in. I just think our defense. I, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks all weekend and all Monday, but I think it's going to be the Bills' defense that makes the biggest difference. I think they show up huge here, and I think that they. Uh, I think they get the job done again. And in the week eighteen, they're going to clinch up that number one seed. Man, that's awesome! I think it's it's a, week, a great game. I think it's going to be uh, the best game, game of the weekend. Um, we got two more weeks to go than the playoffs, which means after that last Sunday, it's Black Monday. Uh, is it going to be a very active market with uh, coaching uh, dismissals? You think this year? I don't believe so. I, I think that you know when you look at the list. You come up with uh, pretty much three that that just jump out at you. One of them being Cliff Kingsbury. I think that that's the that's the one that almost kind of has to happen. Like we're uh-huh. kind of we're we're kind of waiting on that. The I mean, I, it'd be shocking to me if Cliff is back for another season. Um, I, and I'm going to blank on the other two right now that I'm sitting here. But uh, the, you know, I, I think Carolina. I, I do think that. I think I think Dennis Allen's one of them. I do think I just think that that's kind of a foregone conclusion, although. The Panthers win on Sunday, and they end up winning the NFC South. Wow. I mean, it's hard to dismiss a coach who wins a division title, no matter about how bad the division is. I do think Dennis Allen is possible there. So we're not going to see 5-6-7 because a few teams have already made their moves, including Denver this week. So I don't think it's going to be a crazy, you know, 24 hours after the season ends. I just think that we're seeing a lot of teams, uh, you know, we'll see one probably – 
something we absolutely positively don't see coming at all, like last year with uh, you know bright floors or something like that. But I, I think that it's going to be, relatively speaking, a pretty quiet Black Monday. If um, if the Dallas Cowboys um, in the playoffs, right? Um, if they lose in the first round, yeah, is that enough yeah. to get McCarthy gone? I don't think so. I mean, Jerry's never operated that way. He's not, yeah. for all the things Jerry might be, he's not an impatient owner as far as coaches go, obviously. He keeps yeah. it probably yeah. long, bef- long after they should. I think the whole thing there is Sean Payton. If if they yeah. can go and, and get Sean Payton out of New Orleans and give the amount of draft picks they need to give up, and he knows that, then I think that they, I think he'd swap out McCarthy for Payton. Let's put it that way. I don't yeah. think he would fire McCarthy and then try to figure out what's next. I don't. I got you. I, that's, that's just not how that's going to operate. But I think if he's, if like what you said, if they lose right away, which they, I guess it could uh, be tough to have them lose to the NFC South champs, but maybe, <laughs> uh, then I think that you know it would it, McCarthy would be on some thin ice. But it all depends on if Jerry could pick up the phone and be uh, you know the back channels and be like, yeah. what's it going to take? And if he I if the you. price is right, I think that this happens. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Thank you so much. Enjoy week 17 and happy, happy new year, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Jordy. Okay, buddy. Take care. We'll be back to wrap things up here on the Jordy Helper Show. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. Finishing touches. Uh, thank you to Patrick Wright, LSU women, taking on Arkansas tonight. Matthew Bruni, Frank Schwab with his Week 17 picks. Uh, tomorrow on a fun-filled Friday, uh, the Pelicans get back into it. They've got the, their next three games, Friday. Philadelphia comes to town. The second 76ers are 20 and 13. The winners of eight of their last 10. Saturday, they go play at Memphis. And then Monday, they play at Philly. We'll see how the Pels do on that. We'll have a live report on that one. Um, and much, much more coming your way. We'll go out to da- uh, uh, Orlando for one final thought on the um, Citrus Bowl with LSU and Purdue. And then we'll, you know, our regular crew will shuffle in and we'll make some picks and have some fun on a Friday and end our 2022 uh, tomorrow. Yes, indeed. So, James Mesh, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in to whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners. God bless you. We couldn't do it without you. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then... I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Uh, let's be kind to one another and be happy. Have a great one. So long, everybody.